What we've got here is failure to communicate. The greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world he didn't exist. Tough, unique, bad, bold, and sassy. 60% of the time, it works every time. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. Take the pain. Take the pain! Have you ever seen a grown man naked? Gentlemen, you can't fight in here. This is the war room. Was it over when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? Hell no! Today, Junior? It's too late to turn back now. It's the Brian Hank Show. Indeed it is. Hello, live and on tape from beautiful Whitehall Drive here in lovely Kinston, North Carolina. It's Tuesday, February the 27th in the year of our Lord 2024. This is episode 1031, 1031 of the Brian Hanks Show presented by our good friends over at Lenore Community College. My co-hosts, John Dawson and Jonathan Massey. While wow, they'll be joining me at the end of the second hour today for the birthday game. Man, if we got another great show for you here today, joining us on our Spence Automotive guest line in about 20 minutes or so, He's the news editor of the Carteret County News Times. He's also our resident NBA and hoops expert, Richard Clark. College basketball, man, I can't. I just cannot believe how fast this season has gone by, but it's in literally in its final couple of weeks. Everybody's got uh, the big Division One teams. They've only got three or four games left. What, uh, like Winston-Salem State and uh, our CIAA teams, they are in the conference tournament this week. In uh, in Baltimore, more on that later. A little foreshadowing there for you. Even LCC uh, is their final regular season game is tomorrow at uh, at Pitt Community College. So man, uh, just college basketball season quickly, quickly uh, wrapping up right now. Uh, the NBA it's in its final third of the season. We're going to have Rich on to talk about all that, including yes, the the number one subject everybody wants to talk about court storming everybody i've talked to in uh, the past couple of days since the the incident happened at uh, winston-salem at wake forest uh everybody that's all they want to talk about we talked about it yesterday with mark panicelli for a while and we'll get richard's thoughts on it too you heard my thoughts and i'm not uh spoiling anything here because i announced it here on the show yesterday my solution and i gotta tell you i'm still uh you can't see me right now because this is radio but i'm patting myself on the back here because I still have the best solution that I have not heard anyone else come up with other than Mark Panicelli guessing it yesterday when, when I said it. Hey, forfeit the game. If your school rushes the court after you beat anybody, I don't care who it is, Carolina, Duke, Virginia, Hugh, number one, Houston, whoever it is, your, your school rushes the court, you forfeit that game. And I mean, and it's agreed to beforehand, before uh, – before the season begins, you will never see another court rushing again. And I know, thank you to the, the couple of people yesterday that texted in. And uh, I believe it was Jacques and Forrest Dawson that said, well, you might have some buttholes put on, you know, the, the home team's jerseys and do it to try to get a loss out of it or whatever. Uh, no, that, that I mean, although, yes, tangibly, I guess that could happen. I don't think it would ha- I don't think that's uh, something that you could really expect to happen. And then even if you corralled the people up and you talked to them and you interviewed them and you realize, hey, these were just people trying to uh, force a loss here, I think my solution is uh, almost foolproof. 
Well, I'm a fool, but I, I, hey, it's almost foolproof. I think it's a good idea. But anyway, we'll talk to Rich about that uh, and about everything else, man. I mean, like I said, college basketball season, two weeks away from being through. Uh, Division one is anyway. We've got a bunch of hometown heroes to get you caught up on, but that'll be later on here in the first hour. How about our second hour? We're going to have a first-time guest here on the show in our second hour from Winston-Salem. Actually, he's from Winston-Salem State, but he's up in Baltimore for the CIAA tournament. He's the uh, voice of uh, Winston-Salem State Athletics, including both Rams basketball teams that are in Baltimore this week. Ken Winfrey, i got to tell you, I've had uh, – I saw he put a little bit of speak English, Brian. I've noticed that he's been putting a lot of updates about Winston-Salem State up there, and he's the longtime voice of Winston-Salem State. A fun uh, follow on Facebook, and uh, you, you should send him a friend request. Friend request. Tell him that uh, Brian Hanks sent you to him. But Ken Winfrey, very excited to talk to him. I, I just need I need a I need an, uh, an Isaac Parson and Jeremy Dixon and a Manji Dodd update. But I also want to talk about just the the proud tradition of uh, ENC and uh, folks from uh, Kinston and Lenora County and ENC that have gone on um, uh, to play basketball at Winston Salem State. And I can't wait to talk to him about that. And again, that is coming up in uh, our second hour. That's at the top of our second hour. Oh, man. Greg Clemens just said Mark Packer said, well, see, I didn't hear Mark Packer. I don't listen to him. So, uh, uh, I still, hey, I'm taking credit here, Greg Clemens, for coming up with it first. Okay. Mark Packer may have said it, but I don't have, I don't, I don't listen to him. I mean, nothing against him. Hey, I used to, I was on his show a few times when I lived in, uh, in Western North Carolina on his, uh, WFNZ show, uh, that originates out of, uh, Charlotte, but, uh, I, I don't listen to him anymore. I haven't listened to him in years and years and years. So, uh, Hey, I doubt he was listening to nine sixty bet on the bull. <laughs> he probably came up with it too on his own, but uh, I'm still taking credit. Okay. I haven't heard anybody else say it. Although Mr. Clemens says Mark Packer said it. Okay. Um, but uh, we're possibly, possibly going to have uh, Howard Woolley join us, too, from North and North. Send him a, a request. Would love to talk to him in our second hour, too, as his uh, North and North Hawks, his Lady Hawks, will be traveling to Elizabeth City to take on Northeastern today in the state playoffs. So uh, hopefully we're going to have him. Was going to try to have Perry Tindall in here. They're proctoring for the ACT uh, today at Kenston High School, so he was unable to join us. But we'll give you all the – who's everybody – who everyone is playing uh, here in just a few minutes. But uh, the, there you go. We'll have uh, Richard Clark joining us here in about 15 minutes or so. Uh, Ken Winfrey uh, joining us from Baltimore, the voice of Winston-Salem State Athletics. And then uh, hopefully, possibly, uh, Howard Woolley from North Lenore joining us too. So there you go. Uh, I'll tell you what, before we jump into the monologue, let me tell you about Lenore Community College. For more than 65 years, LCC has helped men and women in our area tangibly improve their lives. LCC's mission is to meet the personal, cultural, and professional educational needs of its students through affordable accessible and innovative educational programs. LCC has its main campus right here in Kinston at 231 Highway 58 South, but it also has satellite campuses in Greene County and Jones County. Call LCC at 252-527-6223. Visit their website at lenorecc.edu or visit one of the beautiful campuses in Kinston, Snow Hill, or Trenton to find out how you can change your life today. 
And thank you, thank you, thank you to Richie Honeycutt, Dr. Rusty Hunt, Catherine Pearson, Janie Kennedy, all the folks over at Lenore Community College, Jessica Cruz, man, I, uh, Timothy Maddox, Dr. Timothy Maddox, just everybody over there. Uh, <laughs> thank you so much to every one of them for, uh, for being the title sponsor of the Brian Hank show as they have been since pretty much the very beginning of the show. They are one of our day one sponsors, including UNC Lenore Healthcare, the exclusive sponsor of the big interview. That'll be uh, Ken Winfrey today in our second hour. Thank you to GoEco Technology Service Provider, another day one, the sponsor of our birthday game. Thank you to Spence Automotive. It's where I get my car service. It's where you should go to. He is the sponsor. Keith Spence and Spence Automotive is the sponsor of our guest line which uh, we'll have uh, all our guests on today. We did yesterday and all our guests today, too. So thank you to Keith Spence and Spence Automotive for that. Uh, thank you to Woodman Life. I saw uh, my good friend Danny Rice last night. Uh, had a, uh, I saw it up on Facebook. I received a, a very prestigious award from Woodman Life yesterday or last night at their monthly meeting. Congratulations to Danny. Truly one of the great guys. Looking forward to hanging out with him this Thursday night at the ECU basketball game. He's uh, been, he had surgery at the end of the year uh, last year. So he's been uh, laid up a little bit and looking, uh, uh, looking up and going to be at a basketball game on, uh, he was at the baseball game at the Carolina game on Saturday or on Sunday, going to be at the basketball game this Thursday. Can't wait to hang out with him, but uh, man, just a, a great advocate for Woodman life. And then finally our other day one sponsor, Arendel Parrot Academy. And let me tell you about them. They're the largest independent non-sectarian college prep school in the region located on a beautiful 80 acre campus right here in Kenston. Parrot Academy draws students from all over Eastern North Carolina, including Kenston, Greenville, Wilson, Newburn, Snow Hill, Goldsboro, Maysville, Trenton, Jacksonville. In fact, if you are listening to this show right now, up and down Eastern North Carolina, all the way to Raleigh, all the way down to the beach, because 960 just has that kind of awesome signal, then you, my friend, can send your child to a rental parrot academy. Heck, if you're even listening to us right now on 107.5 out of New Bern and 252 Fox Sports Radio, which both hours of today's show is going to be on that, then uh, you can send your child to a rental parrot academy, the best, the best private school in Eastern North Carolina. Uh, listen, APA students receive acceptances from colleges and universities across the country and around the world. Give them a call at 252-522-4222 or visit their beautiful campus at 1901 Dobbs Farm Road right here in Kenton. Go see uh, head of school David Moody and tell him that Brian Hanks from the Brian Hanks Show sent you over there. Uh, but that's, those are all our day one sponsors. We absolutely positively love them. Okay, let's jump into uh, today. Uh, listen, uh, and I've said it every day for the last couple of weeks, and I will do it every day until March 9th. Uh, registration for sponsors is open for the WRNS St. Jude Golf Classic. Uh, all you need to do is go to WRNS.com, click on the golf tournament logo, and register there. You will make Jason Bryant a very, very happy dude. And not only that, not only will Jason be happy, Jason's a pretty happy guy anyway. You can make him happier. You will make uh, children and children's families happier by helping donate to uh, St. Jude. Uh, if you're not familiar with the St. Jude story, familiarize yourself with it. It is an amazing story, and Jason just does such a great job every year raising money for uh, St. Jude through the WRNS St. Jude Golf Classic. Tens of thousands of dollars have gone to that from WRNS, and uh, it's one of Jason Bryant has two uh, two children. 
This is another one of his babies. So uh, you can help out with that again. It's Saturday, March 9th at Cutter Creek. The LCC men's basketball team, uh, they will end their regular season at Pitt Community College on Wednesday at 7 o'clock. They are 16-9 and overall, 14-6 and in Region 10. In fact, you know what? I'm telling you that wrong right now. They are 16-10 and overall, 14-7 and in Region 10. When we went off the air yesterday, let me get this called up here. Uh, da, 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 da. Yes, I know you guys love it when I... Uh, <laughs> two searches here on sunday they lost to cleveland in shelby 110 to 93 here's what's crazy about that game uh coach matt grantham who's going to be joining us tomorrow morning to get us ready for that Pitt community college game uh he he messaged me <coughs> excuse me they lost to cleveland uh, i'm not laughing about the loss they lost 110 to 93 so 203 combined points in that game i hope you took the over here's what's crazy about that uh cleveland community college game and uh, lenore community college game uh, on sunday 70 fouls called in that game 70 mr clemens have you ever seen a game where 70 fouls were called in a game 101 free throws 101 free throws, five Lancers fouled out of the game. And, uh, they had, uh, it just, that's crazy. They won the free throw battle. They shot 42 of 50 Cleveland did. They hit four. They had 50 free throws of their own and hit 42 of 50. Just crazy. So, uh, that's just insane to me. 70 fouls called 101 free throws shot. So, there you go. Uh, hey, and just got confirmation from Coach Woolley. Uh, he will be joining us in our second hour uh, to preview the uh, North Lenore game, so uh, very grateful to him. Uh, yeah, while I'm looking at my text messages, and before I jump right back into the monologue, yeah, you're right, Mr. Clemens. He said, how bad does ECU basketball look not recruiting those uh, local boys who ended up at Winston-Salem State? Uh, yeah, and I never doubted you. Uh, Mark Packer, he's a good guy, man. Like I said, I was a – I wouldn't say a regular, but I appeared on a show uh, – three or four times when I was in Western North Carolina with the Shelby star in the Gaston Gazette. Uh, I, I believed you, Mr. Clements. Come on now. But, uh, yeah, oh, I've said that for a long time though, that, but the thing is, I think ECU has got a coach in there now and Mike Schwartz, they are recruiting Eastern North Carolina. And I think they're going to do a much better job with that. And, uh, but anyway, anyway, uh, again, that was LCC men's basketball. We will be Linda and I will be at that game uh, tomorrow night. In fact, we're doing a double header. We're going to be at the ECU softball game. We're going to talk about them here in a little bit at, uh, I think at three o'clock, grab dinner in Greenville and then head over to Winterville and watch, uh, Lenore community college beat Pitt community college tomorrow night. That's going to be a lot of fun. Hey, uh, LCC baseball, they played yesterday. They improved to nine and four with a, uh, eight to four win at the North Carolina Wesleyan JVs yesterday. Uh, third baseman, Chad white for LCC. He was two for two with an RBI, but they beat the, uh, Wesleyan JVs eight to four yesterday. Uh, Chad white was two for two with an RBI and two runs scored shortstop. Dawson Abels had a two run home run. Then he added another RBI later in the game too. Daniel Weeks started on the mound. They had nine pitchers throw yesterday for LCC in that eight to four win. Uh, but Daniel Weeks started the game. He earned the victory. He improved to two and oh. So far this season, Lancers host Potomac State out of Kaiser, West Virginia, this Wednesday for, for four games this week. And there'll be two doubleheaders Saturday and Sunday, beginning at noon on Saturday and 11 a.m. on Sunday. ECU men's basketball, they're 14 and 13 overall, 7 and 7 in the Amer 
excuse me, in the American. They're at home Thursday versus Memphis. That game's at 7. Uh, it's going to be on ESPNU. And uh, Linda and I, we're going to try to make that game, too. In fact, I told you that earlier. We're going to hang out with our good friend Danny Rice at that game Thursday night. Then they are at Texas State Sunday at 3. The ECU women's basketball team, 15-11 and 11 overall, 8-7 and seven in the American. They are at North Texas today at uh, 7.30. And then they are at home versus Temple Sunday at 2. ECU baseball, 5-2 and two overall, just an exciting weekend this past weekend. They are at Old Dominion today at 3 o'clock, and then they host the LeClaire Classic all weekend, uh, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. They play Purdue Friday at 4.30, Cal State Fullerton Saturday at 3.30, and then Southeastern Louisiana Sunday at 1. I will be on the mic all day Friday and all day Sunday for those games, so I'm looking forward to uh to uh, calling out some names uh, for uh, ECU on uh, Friday and Sunday. So if you get out there, hit me with a text. I'd like to say hello to you. ECU softball, 16-1 and one overall, 16-1. and one. They are at home versus NC State. That's right, Mr. Clemens. Your Wolfies, your Lady Wolfies, will be taking on ECU uh, tomorrow, Wednesday at 4 o'clock. Like I said, uh, Linda and I were going to go to that game. Cannot wait to watch that game tomorrow. I thought it was 3 o'clock, but I guess it's at 4 o'clock, so a correction on that. And then they began the Purple and Gold Invitational Friday versus Appalachian State and St. Joseph's and Youngstown State. A doubleheader with uh, ASU and YSU begins at Friday at 3. The Carolina Hurricanes, uh, they are at Minnesota today. So uh, that uh, that's going to be a pretty good game for them. How about ACC basketball last night? Uh, only one game in the uh, ACC, and that was between Miami and North Carolina, and Carolina held on. Carolina did everything they could to give that game away. I watched the final, I don't know, seven, eight minutes of that game, and I promise you they did everything they could to give it away. But, hey, uh, props to R.J. Davis. 42 points career high for him. In fact, set a uh, Smith Center record uh, for most points scored there. Uh, R.J. Davis, 42 points in that 75-71 victory for Carolina. They are now 22-6 and six overall, 14-3 and three in the ACC. Uh, some uh, good games tonight. NC State is at Florida State. That game will be on ESPN2 at 9. Wake Forest is at Notre Dame. Notre Dame, that game is at 9. It's on the ACC Network. Uh, Pitt is at Clemson at 7 o'clock on the ACC Network. And then Virginia Tech is at Syracuse. That game will be on ESPNU at seven o'clock uh good morning wifey uh my, my, my beautiful wife just sent me a, a text uh hey tonight uh hi, uh high school basketball playoffs begin tonight kinston's boys are at home <coughs> they are the 16 seed they take on the 17 seed northeastern uh today at seven or uh, at 6 30 actually that game has been changed to 6 30 and if you can't make it to that game tonight, and we hope you do, we'd love to see you out there tonight at Viking Gymnasium. Guess what? Jason Bryant and uh, Harlan Neal and Barry Stallings will be bringing you that game tonight. At uh, Pre-game starts at 5.30. The game itself tips off at 6.30. Right here on 960 and betonthebull.com. That should be a heck of a game, man. Kenson versus Northeastern. Two former uh, uh, Big East 4A rivals. All, both of them all the way down to 2A now, but it should be a lot of fun, man. Uh, 16 seed versus 17 seed. The winner of that game will take on, uh, very likely, uh, Farmville Central. Uh, how about the 21st seeded girls? You heard uh, Christopher Bradshaw here on the show yesterday uh, from Kenson High School talk about his team 
going to uh, Vanceboro and taking on uh, Mark Panicelli. I'm no, no, no. I'm sorry, West Craven High School. Uh, that game is at seven o'clock tonight over in West Craven. North and North's girls. They're the 26th seed. They travel to number seven, uh, Northeastern today at seven. And again, you'll hear from Howard Woolley in our second hour to help preview that. The South North girls, they are the 31 seed. They travel to number two, Southwest Onslow. That game will be at six o'clock today. Green Central's boys and girls are both in the playoffs too. The number 29 boys play at number four, uh, Pittsburgh Northwood today at seven 30 and the 27th seeded Rams girls play at number six East Carteret today at five o'clock. So, Hey, uh, there you go, Mr. Clemens. You can go watch a, a good uh, Green Central East Carteret girls basketball playoff game today. <laughs> there you go. That'll be a lot of fun. Aiden Grifton, uh, their boys are the number 32 seed, and they play a number one Farmville today. Uh, Parrot Academy, Bethel Academy, and Jones Senior, all their teams are out. Hey, how about baseball last night? High school baseball started last night. We've got a couple of results for you. At Jones Senior last night, Kenson traveled there. They lost 19-7. to It was the first game, obviously, for both teams. And then Aiden Grifton, a nail-biter, 2 to nothing win at, uh, in Kenley last night at North Johnston. So congratulations to the Chargers. Uh, four baseball games tonight. North Lenore is at CBA Cock. Green Central is at Eastern Wayne. Pamlico County is at Aiden Grifton. And Jones Senior travels to Greenville to take on John Paul II. Listen. Got to give credit where credit is due, and it is absolutely due. Trey Scott over at Noose News Sports has a whole week schedule up there. Uh, go check that out. Go to noosenewsports.com. Uh, Click on that. Listen, Trey's doing the Lord's work there because that is hard to do, putting that, that weekly schedule together. But I really do appreciate him doing that and getting that up there. Uh, but, again, thank you, Trey, and thank you, Noose News Sports, for uh, – for uh, a good community service there. You want to know who's playing what? And it's not just baseball he's got up there. He's got baseball, softball, I think soccer. Don't hold me to that. I know he's got the playoff games too, but uh, Trey, great job doing that, dude. Uh, local updates. Uh, I tell you what, a lot of games taking place tonight. Uh, and uh, I tell you what, let's get Richard up here on the line, and we'll talk about because I definitely want to talk about Brandon and uh, – uh, the New Orleans Pelicans, Reggie Bullock Jr. and the Houston Rockets were back to, uh, it's kind of frustrating. Uh, some more DNP CDs for him. If you don't know what DNP CD means, that means did not play coach's decision. And uh, it's got it's frustrating to me as a fan. I know it's got to be frustrating to, uh, to Reggie to be coming together as he is right now and, uh, the dreaded, well, we've got Richard Clark on the line with us, but the dreaded DNPCD, dude. <laughs> yes. I know. Yeah. What are you going to Nobody do? likes those. Nobody likes those. I, I got to tell you, man, uh, Brian Hanks had a lot of those in his high school career, okay? <laughs> <laughs> of course, they never called it that, but, uh, you know, <laughs> but so I, I can associate with that. Well, listen, uh, Richard Clark, Carteret County News Times, CarolinaCoastOnline.com, joining us as he does every Tuesday here on the Brian Hanks Show on our Spence Automotive Guest Line. And I know we usually start with uh, NBA, and, uh, man, I got to tell you, I, I am going to say this, dude. I can't say everything that I said on our uh, text messaging that we did yesterday, obviously, Rich, but uh, I, I love Bill Simmons. We, we, you and I talk about him a lot, uh, but goodness gracious. And I've now drawn a blitz, uh, drawn a blank. Rosillo, Ryan Rosillo. Yeah, Ryan Rosillo. 
Dude, you talk about they don't just go in the weeds when they start talking NBA. <laughs> Dude, they go about a mile into the forest and it's too much, man. But I know you love it, don't you? When they oh, get I it, love it. when they're talking Absolutely. about the NBA stuff, tell, tell Absolutely. Go ahead, tell me about that. Well, they just get down into some of the stuff that I appreciate as a, you know, let's be realistic. It's like anything else. It's like art. There's levels to how you consume it and what you, what you're looking at, you know, and some of us appreciate it more for uh, the artistry of it than the entertainment value of it and things of that nature. And so I enjoy it when they get down into that because they start talking about team defense and things of that nature that that are way in the weeds that you can't get in a 15 second hot take show no you're right dude and i mean i guess you could say they get down to a micro level they get down to a granular <laughs> level man when they're talking about and i tell you what now they did do one little bit on the latest podcast that i'm jealous that you and i didn't get and it was uh players to see in person that yeah you know, that you would like yeah. to see in person that just changes your mind and uh, I've not been to an NBA game in a long, long time other than being an NBA All-Star, which, by the way, dude, hey, I still have your hoodie, man. We got to get that. Yeah, you, okay? absolutely. <laughs> there you go. But other than being an All-Star weekend, and I did get to see uh, both the East team and the West team practice, but, dude, it was just practice. I mean, they're not out there. Dude, yeah. I mean, it was, they and they don't care about the All-Star game anyway. Indeed, man. You're absolutely right. Now, the, the rookie game or whatever you want to call it, the uh, uh, Future Stars game, I guess is what they called it. I will agree with them uh, with the one player, and that was the guy you've been hyping for three years now, I guess, now, and Victor Wimbayana. Uh He's a freak, man. I mean, he's just, yeah. you know, he's standing beside six, nine, six, ten guys, and they look like little boys standing beside him, man. He's so big. That, that the, it's really kind of jarring. Even to watch it on TV, if you just kind of watch him move around, he really looks like a baby deer. He doesn't really know what he's doing. And then all of a sudden he does something. He's like, oh, my God. <laughs> you know, like like I said, I watched him get a, a feed about his elbow, one step, and he dunked it hard. And you're just like, wow, that's a long ways away. You know, we see this stuff on TV. I, I liken it to NASCAR in that when you watch it on TV, it looks like one thing. But when you're down there and they're whizzing by you, it looks like an entirely different sport. Um, so I think it's a lot like that. When you, when you see this stuff live, you're kind of like, man, that's, you know, it's a big difference. Like even, you know, the dotted line to the rim is actually a long way on TV. It doesn't look like anything. Cause these guys jump from there and dunk hard and all that. It's like go out to your local <laughs> church league gym and try to jump from the dotted line, which is inside the free throw line and grab the net. That's all I'm asking you to do. And it's a long way. So to get from the elbow, or like they were talking about on what we were referring to, talking about Giannis taking one dribble from the hash mark outside the lane and a couple of steps and dunking. I mean, that is a long ways to go in a couple of strides and a dribble. Well, and I got to tell you, man, from uh, from All-Star Weekend, that was a disappointment. He didn't practice that day, and LeBron didn't practice that day. I've not seen – Dude, I'm trying to remember if I've ever seen LeBron play in person, and I don't think I have, man. As long as he's been in the league, I don't think I've ever seen him play in person. And that I got to admit it, I, I'm not a you know you and I've talked about it many times. I mean, I'm not a fan of LeBron, but but I respect him. You've got to respect him. He's the second best player of all time, in my opinion, in uh, yeah, in basketball right. now. 
And I just wanted to see him, but I, I want I really wanted to see Giannis, and he didn't practice either that day, so I didn't get a chance to see him in person. But uh yeah, win by Yana, man, he just it doesn't even look real in person, man. And I don't even know what to say there, man. He doesn't look real. I remember that video you sent me from uh was it from uh the summer camp or whatever, where he takes a three pointer, he misses yeah. a three pointer. Grabs the and rebound, dunks the rebound. And dunks the rebound. I mean, all dude, in one motion. How is that even, dude? I don't. You name it. I don't think there. I don't think Jordan could do that. Could Jordan do that? No, I've only seen one person do that. Okay. Uh, before, and it was Dominique. Oh, I've seen him do it. Yeah. yeah, he shot one from the top of the key one time, and it hit the back of rim and came straight back out, and all one motion, Dominique dunked it with one hand, the rebound, and didn't, you know, Dominique, he didn't just get it in the rim. He liked to tore the rim down, <laughs> which kids, is pretty athletically insane. These kids today, man, they just, I mean, Dominique, man, was still, I listen, all love to Jordan and respect. Who uh, We talked about LeBron being number two. Jordan's number one all time, and I think, well, I don't think, I know you agree with that too. Oh, absolutely. But There's, dude, no, there's no question. Dominique was a better dunker than Jordan, dude. Oh, Dominique is the best in-game dunker to ever play basketball, yeah, period. Good. Anybody that wants to argue that with me, I, well, I'll go get my tape because I know what it looks like. <laughs> I wonder about I mean, David I'm Thompson. To... David Thompson was before our time. I mean, I, I remember him a little bit, but I can tell a little you, bit, yes. I don't ever remember watching him in a game, dude. I mean, you got to remember, I didn't really start watching the NBA until about probably 82. I was 13. That's about right. To about 1982, 83 in that range, you know, with right. the Lakers and the Celtics and the Sixers and even the Houston that came on a little bit later there. But So I really don't remember uh, David Thompson, but I've heard the stories, though, dude, and I know you have too. Well, again, I go back. I watched him at, uh, a little bit toward the end of his state career um, only because Monty Tao was 5'5", five, five, and at that point I was in that ballpark. So, you know, it gave somebody – somebody something to look forward to i guess um so i remember a little bit of that but not a whole lot and by the time he got to do the nba they weren't showing denver you know on tv back then and um so you know we just got to see a few highlights here and there so it is kind of a mythological thing at this point well we were lucky that we got to see uh, again when you've got league pass and You've got TNT and ESPN and everybody that broadcasts, you know, ABC, everybody that broadcasts all these NBA games now. It's probably hard for younger fans, especially much younger fans in their 20s or 30s, to realize that 40 years ago, they didn't even show games live. I mean, they didn't. When did no. they start doing that? 84, maybe? 85? No, it was, it was, it was during the, the first uh, Bird-Magic part rivalry. So I think it was the playoffs where – the Celtics lost to Dr. J&M, yeah. uh, and then the Lakers beat the Dr. J&M. I think it was that one. Well, there you go. That's the year 83. before Moses. Yeah, that's 83 so, then. Yeah, yeah. The, the year before Moses went to the Philadelphia to win them a championship. Foe, foe, foe. Moses Malone, baby, Petersburg. <laughs> Dude, I love it. Oh, I was a big Moses fan, man. I, I really Moses like was him. the deal. Make oh, yeah. no mistake, he was the deal. Oh, he and is. I told you, we used to play basketball at his mom's house. Dude, that is insane, man. That is crazy. Yeah, okay. Moses, they, they were great. Well, I tell you what, we'll we'll pivot back to the NBA, I promise you. But I do want to talk some college basketball. And, of course, uh, I had Mark Panicelli on here yesterday. 
we talked about uh, the court storming issue for a long time. And you know what? I'll tie it into your favorite sport, the NBA here, Richard Clark. You've seen the old videos. Uh, look at when uh, the Celtics won the uh, NBA championship in 81. What happened immediately after the last shot, dude? Yeah. Yeah. They used to, they used to remember they had to bring out the security there for a while toward the end of the game just to try to make sure that wouldn't get carried away back then. So. I mean, there you see, um, that's been going on for a while. Exactly. You watch the video of, like I said, the one I remember specifically. Now I don't, I didn't watch it live or even on delay, so I'm not going to try to act like I have. But I've seen it in, uh, you know, in, on YouTube and all that. But after the Celtics win the '81 championship, they stormed the court at the Boston Garden. You can see, like, of course, you can see Larry Bird's head above everybody. You can see, uh, you know, the Chiefs' head above everybody. But it was peaceful. I mean, they weren't out there. That was at their own court, and uh, they're out there celebrating. They're not trying to hurt anybody or anything like that. But, dude, well, and I'm not a Duke fan. I know you're not either. <coughs> but, dude. It all came to a head this past Saturday in Winston-Salem when uh, after Wake Forest beats Duke. And uh, Duke, just an ugly scene, man, which could have been a lot uglier. And I'm talking about on both sides, man. Uh, I, first off, I just wanted your thoughts on it. And then, uh, I don't know if you've heard or not, I have my solution to it, which I've already shared with the listeners yesterday and even in my monologue today. But what would Richard Clark do? Well, first off, your thoughts on what happened on, uh, uh, on, what happened on Saturday and if Richard Clark's in charge of uh, college basketball, how do, how do you stop court storming? Well, first of all, I'm not sure that I thought it was as heinous as everybody around these parts seems to think it was. Um, you know, the feeling that I get is that most people think it was on purpose, that, that he injured the guy on purpose. Is that, Am I correct on that? Exactly, or? yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure that's the case. I mean, what do you think about that? I don't. Oh, no, I don't no, no, no. I don't think so either. I mean, right. I think you had a bunch of stupid, probably drinking. Probably that's what I said. Yeah. Inebriated night or eighteen to twenty-two year old kids that just beat their hated rival Duke, and they're just wanting to get on TV. They're just wanting to get out there and celebrate and. They I don't think to be there was a part any ill will. Exactly, exactly. They wanted to be a, pill, a part of it. I don't think there was any ill No one was trying to to injure Filipowski or any other Duke Blue Devil, in my opinion, dude. Well, and to pivot from that back to the original thing about what I would do as sports czar or whatever we're calling this, um, I'm not sure because the one thing college basketball needs right now is excitement, right? Oh, yeah. And at the end of the day, this is still an entertainment business. So if you can't put people in the seats or in front of TVs, then what are you doing? So I think you need to be careful here. You know, you go out and it's all out banning those students and all this kind of stuff that some of these John Shire and them are talking about. Yeah, that might still be okay to do. But what about somewhere like Wake Forest where attendance probably lags and, and rises with how good the team is and things like that? It's a different animal. So I think you got to be careful with taking the participation part because they just want to feel like they're a part of it. That's exactly. what this is. Yep. Well, and I, so I, I'm not sure, to be honest. No, and you're I right. I think an out-and-out ban is probably ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, first of all, how are you going to do that? I mean, you, what, what's your penalty going to be if they if they do that? I've got are one you for you. Mean? You want to hear it, Richard Clark? Yeah, go ahead. And in all sincerity, and I thought I, I have not heard anybody else say this. Now, Greg Clemens down in your neck of the woods down in Carteret County uh, texted uh, this morning and say he heard Mark Packer say this, you know, Billy Packer's son on his ACC show, I guess. But my solution, the Brian Hanks solution 
Richard Clark is, you forfeit the game. If it happens, and, and I'm not saying if it's three or four, but I mean, if it's what happened on Saturday <coughs> with, uh, you know, the entire student body flooding the court, guess what? And, but I mean, you make it clearly known. You even say it in the final couple of minutes of a game. It looks like it's going to end that way. And you say, if the court is stormed, you know, if there no player or uh, uh, no, no one other than players or coaches or officials are allowed on the floor. If anyone else goes onto the floor, this game will be forfeited. So you know what I'm saying? Do it that way. And you 100% disagree. Okay. Why? You know why? Because if I'm sitting there and I'm rooting for Duke and they just lost and the rule is me and my boys are running on the floor and get that game forfeited. (laughs) Dude, Jacques Passelig said that yesterday. Uh, John Dawson's dad, Forrest, said that yesterday too. But dude, what are you going to, you're not going to have enough guys to, to really do it. I mean, what do you got four or five of your guys there? And dude, I'd like to think security could stop four or five of those guys. And then if they even interview you a little bit, they're going to know, wow, these are Duke guys. We're, we're not going to, you know, we're not going to uh, uh, forfeit the game. I'm, now you're getting into a whole litigation thing on who's deciding what, you know what I mean? Who's yeah. that going to be now? Now you got to, so is this guy a fan of yours or a fan of theirs? Who's making that call? That gets a bit hairy. Um, I'm always against any outside institution having authority over a game. That's why I don't agree with, you see, when, you know, somebody takes a hard file or they fight on the court and people are always in the comments, they need to call the police. No, they don't. No. This needs to stay where it's at. And I think if you're, you're opening up a can of worms, I'm not sure you want to open when you start trying to police that stuff. Now, can you have more security and make that announcement that you're talking about minus the forfeit part? Yes, you can do that. And I think you can quill most of it by doing that. Um, you know, but I don't, I don't want to take all that out of the game. I just don't. That's the part that makes college sports what it is. That, hey, we just beat Georgia in the, between the hedges and we can all run on the field. You know, I think if you start messing with that a lot, I really think you're going to take away, you know, you're really making it like a business. Is that what you want to do? I don't know. I'm uh, just asking the question. I love you, Rich. You're you're like my brother, man. But the <laughs> one, the, but the one thing, you're, dude, it's already a business, man. And if we, if well, we've, I not, agree. Seen, if we've agree. not seen that over the last couple of years with the NIL and the transfer portal, dude, it absolutely is a business, dude. Agree, I 100% agree. But college basketball in particular has already suffered a lot over the last few years because of the way things have gone. Do you really want to keep messing with whether people want to come in attend your event or not? I'm not sure you do. Uh, I, that's just me. I, I don't know. I'd, I'd really need to sit down. I think there's other ways to get this accomplished without without going getting crazy. Um, well, whether I that, give you credit. I'm giving you credit here, dude. You are like the – and I, believe me, I've listened to a lot of sports talk over the last couple of days. I've listened to uh, these quote-unquote solutions. You're the first person that said you, would, you don't mind – them having that, but dude, I think, I don't know, man. It's like I said, I'm using your NBA as an example, rich, that once upon a time that happened every time. I mean, in fact, mm-hmm. when was it when Boston, what talk about, I'm going to test you here. When did the Celtics play at Phoenix for the NBA championship? It was sometime in the seventies. Well, yeah, it was like 78 or no, probably 77, 76. Yeah. 
Well, you remember the game? It was a triple overtime game, and uh, oh, I do. Yeah, and twice Havlicek game. Exactly. There you go. And twice Phoenix thought they had won the game. They rushed the court, and they had to clear the court and get all the. I remember reading somewhere it took like fifteen minutes to get right. all the the liquids that were on the court, and you know the hot dog wrappers and all that stuff off the court during after one of the overtimes when they thought Phoenix had beat the Celtics in the uh, championship. So I guess what I'm saying is this is already they've already cleaned it up one time with the NBA. I I don't know, dude. And I agree. Agree. Energy energy is good, and seeing the kids run out on the court. And Jason Bryant said, uh, "Let's be honest. The only time courts get stormed are when uh, blue bloods lose." He's right about that too. But mm-hmm. dude, when Appalachian plays Western Carolina, and they've not beaten, and I'm just pulling this out of my butt here, and they've not beaten Western Carolina in in seven years, and they finally beat them up in Boone. Guess what? You're probably going to see a court storm. You know? Right. Right, and my question on that one is, if you're in Boone, do you really want to stop that? Yeah, that's a good point. Or even ECU. Let's say ECU playing, what? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, dude, don't you remember it was several? Don't you laugh, man. Come on, that's your that's your alma mater, man. Uh, <laughs> hey, man. I've, I've been, what's ECU's biggest basketball win? Seriously. Be they beat a ranked team a few, year, yeah, a few years ago. That That's probably it. And they stormed the court after that. I remember, yeah. you know, I remember that, but, uh, I don't know, man. I, you know what? I'm I, I just think we got to have a little <laughs> bit of sense on both sides on this thing. Let's not over legislate it and, and ruin something that's not necessary. That doesn't require all that. Um, I think this can be done with less legislation and more common sense, but we'll see. You, you may be right. At the end of the day, maybe they have to go out and fully do something of that nature. I just think it's a reaction because somebody at Duke got hurt. Now, is he really hurt? What's the what's the report on that? Uh, for what I saw last night, and they, they were reporting it uh, during the uh, Carolina-Miami game, was that he, he uh, wait a minute, you ready for the quote-unquote here, Rich? He, yeah. Uh, quote, he avoided serious injury, unquote. Well, there you go. Then shut up. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Cause just shut up. Either that or, you know, don't get mad when when one of them punches a fan. See, that's the other end of this. Dude. You know, what are you going to say? Uh, don't say a word. Hey, I've watched that film like the Zapruder film, okay? I bet I've seen it. And I know you have too, Rich, along with other fans. I've seen that film probably, I'm not exaggerating, 60, 70 times probably. And he, the first thing he does is what well, he's trying to get off the court. He puts his forearm. Or, now that could be to defend himself. It really could. Absolutely. Uh, you know that Absolutely. he was trying to keep somebody from running into him. But uh, dude, when you break it, I got to tell you, man, it's uh, film clips uh, number one twenty seven, one twenty eight, and one twenty nine. <laughs> <laughs> you like that? But dude, he leans into it, and it looks like he's trying to forearm shiver those first fans that come through, dude. And again, am I blaming him? Am I even mad at him for doing that? No, dude. I got to tell you, put yourself in that place, Rich, and you played high level well, basketball yeah, I, for I, a lot. I was getting life, ready dude. to say that. Yeah. For me personally. I probably would have took a swipe at one of them just because we just lost. <laughs> but dude, I mean, look, dude, I've said it before. And, you look up and you're five seven self, and you've got uh, I don't know why I had to add the five seven part, dude. I'm sorry. I don't that. either, but thanks for that. <laughs> but, but, <laughs> but keep going. But you look up and dude, there's a couple hundred fans running breakneck speed towards you. What are you going to do? Just stand there? No, you're going to try to defend yourself. 
That's right. And, and that's, that's the other part. You know, where would we be? What would the discussion be if they ran on the court and they got took out like uh, Jermaine O'Neal took out that Detroit Pistons fan? <laughs> what, what would it be then? Would we be having the same discussion? No. Or would we be saying that these athletes are thugs? What, what would the discussion be then? Dude, I love See, that's this. my point. How about this? You and Forrest Dawson, John Dawson's dad, are in lockstep here. How about no, no, no? How about that? He's a Carolina guy, okay? He said, "Rich is right. If it wasn't Duke, we would never have heard a word about this." And you no, know what? If, if this is Memphis, nobody cares. Yeah. But Shire's been crying the blues because they're about to get blown out of the tournament because they're not very good. So you know, Let he's got to do what he's got to do. Let's play this scenario, dude. What if it was still Coach K there? <laughs> dude no i'm now, just saying, now you gotta now you gotta you gotta add the godfather component now so now it's gonna get a little crazy because yeah i mean call it what you want but he carried a certain amount of respect that yeah. it is what it is um i think they still would have celebrated and frankly duke probably would have been better so it probably would have been an even bigger celebration that way for us um but again, if if all this happens and it's the other way around and the fan gets knocked out, what's the discussion? Are we talking about they shouldn't be on the court? Are we talking about the players need to have better habits? So that's my question. If we're still having the same discussion, the fans shouldn't be coming on the court and the fan got knocked out cold, that's fine because that's the real problem here. But if the discussion would have changed to something else, then we need to backtrack on what we're doing. Wow. I just think it's an overreaction is all I'm saying. Oh, man. Jason Bryant's cursing at me now in uh, messaging here, dude. <laughs> this is, Jason, good Lord, man. He said, you know, good and well, if that was Baycott that that happened, we would still be having this discussion. Yeah. Well, the, we didn't say that if it was just Duke. I mean, it's one of these blue bloods. If it was, if it was Kansas, if it was Kansas at uh, Iowa, and this happened in Iowa, we would still be having this discussion because Kansas and Bill Self is one of the blue bloods. Good Lord, Jason, you didn't have to curse at me there, man. And, and, and you know, I don't know that, you know, yeah. would they have run at Baycott like that? Well, it, it, Shire was out there crying because he is a crybaby. He's always been a crybaby since when he played at Duke. And uh, now as a coach, he's he's doing exactly what his daddy did, too. Uh, <laughs> he's just poking the bear all over exactly, the place. Exactly, man. Exactly, man. Anyway, okay, that's enough. Dude, we've done 15 minutes on that. But I, I wanted your opinion, though, dude. And so you don't like my solution of uh, forfeiting, no, though? absolutely not. Okay. Absolutely not. Yeah, well, I'm against anything that's going to change it. the outcome of the game that, that has nothing to do with the game. But what I mean, that's basically like, yeah, but I mean, that's basically like saying if we're at a baseball game and the fans get drunk and throw a beer can on the field, we're going to forfeit the game. It's essentially the same concept. Or snowballs. (laughs) Yeah, you're right. Yeah, you can't do that. You can't do that. You shouldn't do that anyway. Um, You should just stick with what we got. So anyway, (laughs) anyway, enough talk about that. Let's stay on college basketball just for a few moments here. Uh, the ACC race, that was a big win for Carolina last night. And, uh, did you watch the game? Uh, I watched some of it. I was watching the Pacers and the Raptors too. (laughs) What? (laughs) Yeah. The Pacers and the Raptors. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) I had them both on. Oh, dear God, Rich. I mean, Carolina should have blew them out anyway. But yes, Carolina's been kind of stumbling since they beat Duke. 
Um, you Why know, do they you think struggled. that is? No, that's part, dude. You just hit one of my talking points there, dude. Why do you think that is? You're right, and they they handled Duke when they played them earlier this year, but have not looked good since then, except against Virginia and Charlottesville on Saturday, which they totally dominated that game defensively. What has been, do you think, since that win over Duke? Well, what what has been the problem with Carolina, Rich? I think one, they kind of rested on their laurels for a minute, but I also don't know that this team is that good. I think that they're They've got – they have to rely on, on their role players more than they probably should. Uh, RJ was great last night. He was hitting shots. But Baycott's not really a scorer. I mean, he you know, so where are your points coming from? And so they've had to rely on some uh, – uh, pick them of one guy amongst the four, the Bomack and Ingram and who's going to step up that day. So that leads to a lot of inconsistency basically, is, is the answer to your question. When you have to rely on guys that are not necessarily your stars, that's the difference between being a star and being a role guy. Star does it every night. You know, 25 and 10 every night. Not some nights, every night. Um, role players, they're up and down, and they're relying on their role. Like, when they beat Duke, they beat Duke because Ingram had his best game of the year. Yeah. Period. Yeah, and is he going to do that again? Probably not. He didn't do it before, and he didn't do it, hasn't done it since. So I think that leads to you looking inconsistent when that happens. Because, well, you know, RJ wasn't particularly good against Duke. He wasn't bad. He just wasn't good. He was great last night, and they struggled. Dude, so. 42 points last night. And it just uh, we've already talked about Baycott. We're not going to uh, bang that drum again. And I agree with you wholeheartedly. I don't think – I think he'll make an NBA roster. I think he'll – probably have a couple of years in the NBA and, you know, average uh, four points a game and a couple of rebounds a game and he'll wash out and he'll be playing overseas or in China or something yep. like that. And I'm not denigrating him. I mean, heck, I mean, no, I, no, I no. You I go get play. your money. Exactly. Absolutely. But dude, I go I, play in Buenos Aires tomorrow. <laughs> Buenos Aires. Okay. So, uh, kids, if you had Buenos Aires on your Richard Clark bingo <laughs> card, put your, put your marker there. Okay. You got it. No, but dude, I see RJ Davis play like he did last night, dude. And he literally, he can really hit from anywhere on the floor. I think he's got an NBA style game, dude. Could could he make? Could he be a Reggie Bullock and play ten or eleven years in the NBA? Not necessarily ever be a star, but play for three or four teams and be a starter for an NBA team three or four years from now, dude. Um, maybe. Okay. One, the first thing is his jump shot will have to get way more consistent. Okay. Way more consistent. But that said, he could uh, he could absolutely have. The, the career that Tyus Jones has had. Okay. Um, he's figured it out. He doesn't turn the ball over. He comes in and runs the second unit. He, he's not flashy, but he doesn't do anything stupid. And if you do that, yes, you can absolutely have a long career. Um, I don't know about RJ yet because he's not very explosive as far as, uh, you know. 42, one of the, 42 points last night, dude. Well, I don't mean explosive that you just scored a bunch of points. He oh, hit okay, shots okay, last okay, night. Okay. Yeah, he hit shots last night. That's, is that how it's going to be always? No, or he would have did it already. That was just you were hot that night. Um, and he's a good player since he got hot. Well, no, when I mean explosive, in NBA, to play at the next level, when you're under 6'4", when you beat – when they switch a big man on you, you can't just beat him. You have to beat him very fast. 
really quick. Like a defensive end beats the tackle quickly. You got to win right away. And that's how it is in the NBA if you're a smaller player. And I'm not sure that RJ has that explosiveness. I think that's why you see somebody like Scoot Henderson struggling right now because you have to be able to get by him instantly in the NBA if you're not a great jump shooter and you're a small guard. So can he improve his jump shot to the point where he's Kobe White? Yeah, possibly. But look how long it took Kobe White to do that. No, you're right. And then I had to look up just for my own edification. Don't look it up. Don't you hear how tall is RJ Davis, Richard Clark? Yeah, he probably lifts him as six, two, but he's not six, two dude. How about this? This even feeds into your argument more. They list him at six foot. So he <laughs> probably is five ten or five eleven. then, right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. See, that's the, that's the problem in the NBA. You know, I'll give you an example of the difference. I was watching the magic and, uh, Maybe Cleveland play. Anyway, Jonathan Isaac, you, if you don't know the name, he was supposed to be good. He's like 6, 10, 11 uh, coming out of Florida State. But then he's been hurt for like four years. And not just hurt, like real injuries, like micro fracture stuff. Anyway, he's back this year. And he got switched out. Um, he's starting to play again. And he got switched out on a small guard at the free throw line. The small guard beat him. Beat him from the free throw line quickly to the dotted line. In the NBA, that's a layup, right? Yeah. Or dunk. Either the, the guard laid it up. Jonathan Isaac recovered, not only blocked the shot, spiked it so hard off the backboard, it went back to the free throw line. That's the difference. So if you're a smaller guard like R.J. Davis, you have to be explosive enough like Damon Lillard is around the basket to be able to finish. Because if you can't, you're never going to make it unless you're an outstanding shooter. And how many of those are there? No, no, no. Steph and, you know, there's but just not that many of them Steph, is my question. But even Steph is 6'3 and is a sneaky 6'3. He and, may and, be one that – I think that's actually honest. I think when they say he's 6'3, he is a legit 6'3. But when you see him on TV with all these other giants out there, and, again, I'm feeding into your argument here, Rich. He doesn't look 6'3 out there. He looks, what, no. barely 6'1". And, and you can see that length bothers him. Yep. You know what I mean? When, oh, yeah. when they put somebody on him that's six, 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 seven or above, you can see it bothers him a little bit if they can move a little bit, which there's a few of those in the NBA. So again, do I think he can make it? Yes, I do. I just think he's got a long road ahead of him. Um, but I think Kobe White is probably where he needs to start because he's clearly made a nice career for himself. Yeah, dude. And I honestly did not see I, that coming. I didn't either. And you talk about somebody that I love, a, a holiday invitational alum uh, from Goldsboro, played over at Wilson Greenfield. So, I mean, he is uh, ENC through and through. Hey, dude, I love what he's doing in Chicago right now, man. And I, really I didn't never see it coming. I'll I be didn't honest. Either. I didn't either. I mean, because it looked pretty bad there for a couple of years. But again, you know, a lot of it is opportunity at, at this level because we forget. And I've said it on this show a hundred times. All these guys can play. Make no mistake. You put them out there. You take the 10th guy on any NBA roster and put him on ECU tomorrow, and he's probably the player of the year in the conference. That's the difference. No, I agree. So, How tall is Kobe? Okay. Uh, I love this game. How tall is Kobe White? I, I probably list him as six one or six foot, but he's probably only 5'11". Kobe White. Now his and hair makes him about 6'4". They've got him listed as 6'5". 
Get out. Really? I'm looking at it right now on ESPN.com. Kobe White, number zero, point guard, 24 years old, 6'5", 195 pounds. You know what? I I haven't seen him. Maybe that's why he – maybe that's the improvement. Maybe he grew late. Yep. A couple inches, six, and that's the five. improvement. I would have lost if you would have said I, – because I was going to say 6'2", six, 6'3". Six, that's right. Because I remember, dude, even at uh, the Holiday Invitational, I'm six foot, just, you know, right at six foot. And I had to look up to him a little bit. So I was thinking he was probably six one when he was at Wilson Greenfield, and he'd probably grown a, you know, a couple of inches maybe. Right. Dude, they've got to listen at 6'5", I promise, dude. 6'5", wow. uh, 195. Well, that could explain the all of a sudden the jump and and improving his game all around game because two three inches is significant. Oh, it absolutely! So, is. I can tell you, we're coming to the end of the hour. Can I have you for a minute or two into our second? Absolutely. Hour? Okay, I just absolutely. wanted to make sure. I just wanted to make sure. I don't take that for granted. I don't take your time for granted. Uh, anything else, college basketball? Because we got to get some NBA talk in here. No, right? I'm good. Okay, well then let's uh, segue over to the NBA, uh, and uh, we'll even stay away from uh, Reggie and Brandon talk today. Uh, Leo Lockhart, uh, referee, said, "Yep, that's about right for a six-five. I guess he's seen Kobe lately." So uh, there you go, man. Uh, the I don't think there's any doubt whatsoever. The best team in the NBA right now, eight-game winning streak, nine and one over their last ten. I mean, are my are my you like this? My Boston Celtics, dude. Oh, uh, 45 and 12 right now, seven and a half games up on Cleveland. I mean, there's no, I, I don't think if you're, there's nobody better than Boston playing right now, as we stand here on February 27th in the NBA, is there? No. And, and they're, they're the best team, whether or not they win it or not is a okay. whole different thing. Okay. But, you know, so much of what they do relies on Porzingis, at least offensively with the spacing, but they have some real guys that know how to play. Uh, and it matters. Tatum is top 10, at least probably really top six, if we're being honest. Well, he thinks he's um, the best in the league, dude. <laughs> I don't know about all that. Well, what's he supposed to say to that? Know, you know, I always I know, laugh I at those. Dude. Well, you think you're the best player in the league? What's he supposed to say? No, I'm not. I'm the 50th guy here. I mean, that's ridiculous. I know. I know. Sports, dude, sports reporter question. Hey, let's go back. Exactly, dude. Let's go back to 17-year-old Richard Clark, dude. You knew you were the best player. You had that, uh, that uh, <laughs> what does it always say about uh, my guy that was with OKC? Uh, uh, oh, my gosh. Why am I drawing a blank? Uh, Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook. Oh, yeah. I swear, you put Russell Westbrook on a lie detector and ask him who's the best player in the NBA. And I'm talking about right now. He, yeah, he's going to say him. And he sincerely believes that. That's right. That's right. But go and, back and to 17-year-old Richard Clark. Would he say the same thing? No, no. Because okay. by that point, I'd been to five-star, and I realized <laughs> uh, that there were some real guys out there. So, um, you know, it, back in our day, it was a little bit different. You know, yeah, they got a lot more nice. exposure now. So you don't really – you didn't see some of these guys until you got to either you went far in your – tournament or whatever state tournament and you played some teams you weren't used to or you went to some camps or things like that it was the only way you played against all these guys because even AAU at that point was in its infancy so okay. it's a little bit different now well I'll tell you this dude at Trap Hill Elementary School Brian Hanks thought he was the best okay 
I mean, absolutely the best. <laughs> but that that thought was put aside uh, very, very quickly, uh, uh, not long after that. But uh, that, so I can honestly say I've never thought I was the best. But I, but that, that's why, I, like I said, that I think I like Russell Westbrook so much is that that son of a gun, man. He thinks uh, he doesn't even think he knows he's the best. I mean, that's why he'll do all the stuff he does. But listen, we're at the end of our first hour. Uh, you said you are going to hang out with us for a couple minutes. Yeah. Second hour. Very good. Uh, as we wrap up our first hour here, just a reminder coming up here in our second hour, Richard Clark's going to uh, wrap up uh, some NBA talk. Then about uh, five, six minutes or so into our second hour, we'll be joined by the voice of Winston-Salem State Athletics, uh, Ken Winfrey. We're going to talk to him about uh, Isaac and Jeremy and Amaji. And then, uh, that's not all, we're going to have Howard Woolley on from North Lenora Girls Basketball as they start their run in the uh, NCHSAA 2A state playoffs tonight. So uh, that's what we have for you coming up in our next hour. Thank you so much for listening to the Brian Hanks Show presented by our good friends over at Lenore Community College. <laughs> 